Seasons greetings if you're not allowed to celebrate Christmas because I know some people aren't allowed. That's true. Yeah, you've got all sorts of celebrations, even the Yule celebrations as well, which is the traditional sort of pagan type thing, which is sort well, of what you, Christmas is based on anyway. Well, you have a pagan Christmas primarily, didn't you, Carol, from your beliefs? Yeah, I think we err more on the side of that. I still go down the church for a midnight mass, obviously not this year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I suppose we should kick off by talking about what we've been doing to prepare, really, shouldn't we? Yes. Yeah. So, um, how's your week been on the run up to uh, the big day? Well, I mean, we've still got a little bit of time left, but I have been—I've been feeding a Christmas cake for about two years, so uh, that one's coming to fruition this year. Oh, what? What like Pringles or? Oh no, like whiskey and um, brandy and stuff. Oh, oh, it likes the sauce. It's quite sopping wet. (laughs) It's just about (laughs) holding together. But yeah, that's how Mike likes it. Well, don't let it drive. Oh, (laughs) and I won't let Mike drive after he's had that. No. Um, And then I had a go at making a chocolate roulade because I thought I'd better try it because I haven't tried that before um, ahead of time. And let's just say it ended up up the garden. (gasps) Oh, no. What? Did you add add? Did you throw it? Yeah. Well, basically, I was like, this pigging thing's not going to roll up. It just kept cracking. And I was like, oh. Bagger this. And I, I didn't want to got, say anything. I've heard they're tricky. Uh, yeah, and I got it in the tea towel and I sort of swung it round a few times and then like slingshotted it. So, and it sort of landed on a wood pigeon. Oh, <laughs> no. They, they were quite enjoying it after. Oh, so. I bet they were having a good peck. I bet they got it all over themselves, didn't they? Covered they in did, it. did, yeah. And then we also, um, just before the tears went up, you know, we decided, as in <laughs> the tears for COVID, um, we decided I better have an early um, group gathering in the garden. So we got like oh, a mm. gazebo out and um, and we got like a, a twister mat and um, it had a bit of a, sl- a sploshing party. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we had some of the newer people come around that we didn't know quite so well. And um, they got a little bit rough. Oh, um, no. So much so that I got held down. And let's just say some smuckers got up where the sun don't shine. And, uh, what, and the ice cream, cream topping. That's right. Yeah. What, the what chocolate flavor? fudge. It's quite good for sex, for sex play and for sploshing. You see, it's quite yeah. good. But, you know, you don't want it going back up. No, no. I, I hope you had a douche. Yeah, always got to do that afterwards. Um, yes, and I was, sure. I kept saying to Mike, help me, help me. But I think he was a bit indisposed um, up the end of the garden with a can of peaches. So, <gasps> um, yeah, so I, I got myself out of that one and we told them to leave, you know. Well, it's the trouble is, I think that when you get those people off the internet, because obviously where we live, it's a fairly, you know, it's a regional town. It's not very big. You've got to widen your pool. 
And so I think yeah. you've been going on, on Gumtree, probably well, having usual, to do... Our usual ones couldn't come this time, no. so we thought we've got fill in to make up the, you know, that it's obviously only allowed. I think it was six people maximum. Yeah. So we stuck to that, yeah. And how about you, Cheryl? Well, uh, good news. I've had approval from the council to reopen my burger van. So (gasps) that's good. Great. Yes. Um, It was, uh, well, as as listeners know, it was the cheesy chicken. Um, I wanted to submit it as, because you've got to submit all your recipes to the the food standards thing. And obviously, like, burgers, hot dogs, that's, you know, that's a piece of cheese, isn't it? But the cheesy chicken... You know, an old roast chicken on a spit. I was going to do it like a donna full of cheese. Um, but they made me kind of um, streamline it. So now it's like flattened, like butterfly chicken breast with a load of cheese on top um, stuck under a grill. I mean, I don't like compromise, but you you tried some. Carol was kind of the, the tester in the kitchen. And yeah. um, I think it's chef approved. So while, you know, it's a bit sad, um, but it's gone through. Um, it's business open as usual. And I've had a roaring trade because, of course, no restaurants are open, but I'm technically allowed to run it because it's outdoors. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you're outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I've done a Christmas version. I've done some twists. I've got, I didn't have no cranberry sauce because they didn't have none at Cash and Carol. Sorry, Carol. Cash and Carol. (laughs) I should open one, shouldn't I? Cash and Carrie. Um, But they did have some Artley's um, seedless strawberry jam. So what I've been doing is thinking, well, you know, chicken, cheese. It's not that different from turkey, cranberry, brie. Yeah, yeah. So it's chicken, cheese, strawberry jam. And then I I wrap it all up in a in a in a in a pit of bread, give it out. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. And you got uh, a few of those be... um, snow globes to sell, didn't you? They did all right though. You got rid of them. Feeds the economy, innit? it? It does. It does. So I think we should go on to um, the king of, shouldn't we? This week. Yeah, and this week it's the king of Christmas dinners. So, Cheryl, what's your king of Christmas dinner? I don't. I think what I'll do, I'll break it down to like king of the thing on the the best thing on the table at Christmas dinner. Can I yeah, do that? Yeah, it could be king of the Christmas dinner, you know, table. Yeah. yeah. So, what out of that? Yeah. Trouble is, it's not particularly Christmas. We have it on the Christmas table, but we always it's roast potatoes. I can't oh, help it. Yeah, yeah. I know you always have like about three like pan loads, don't you, on the go? <laughs> well, last year I had, you know, them kind of beige pudding bowls, you know, everyone's mum has. I just had a pudding bowl filled to the top and a jug of gravy to myself. I was I was happy. Oh yeah, you got you to do did that. It. You, you sat me in the corner chair. Monster, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I'm a gravy monster. <laughs> yeah, you sat me in the corner and just said, Cheryl, I've had to do you some bisto best because I don't want, you know, all the turkey gravy being used on that. I'm like, listen, I'm more than fine. And I just sat in the corner, didn't like yours, with the dogs licking my ankles, sat there with my bowl of bowl of potatoes. I was so happy. Bloody brilliant that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a shame that I had to eat it much later than everyone else because um, I started drinking by eight, didn't I? And I um, ended up, well, I snoozed through lunch. Sort of passed out, yeah. <laughs> you, well, you know, woke me up for the Queen's speech and I was like, oh, I feel a bit hungry. <laughs> oh, that's it. What about you? I've got to say, I think for me, it's got to be the Brussels sprouts. 
interesting. Um, obviously, in my house, they're accompanied by bacon and pasta. <laughs> so they're sort of carbonara sprouts. Yeah. Because yeah. I've heard of bacon with them, but pasta, you know, that's, that's no. Yeah, it's almost like a meal in itself. Or, or sometimes with the leftovers, that's what I'll do, you know, in the Ooh. evening. Carbonara sweet sprouts. carbonara. Yeah, sprout Ooh. carbonara, rather. They're quite divisive. Um, they are, yeah, I know, like the kids don't like them. Uh, no. Mike's impartial. I mm. love them. Um, I'll pop them in my mouth like raw. Um, oh, but I just say the aftermath of that, you know. I was going to say. It's quite windy in our household, so. Yeah, well, it's a good yeah. job I've got a nice big ass. Yeah, exactly. Just get the extractor on. I've got one of those really fancy new ones. It's like super powerful. You sort of have to like... <laughs> put weights on everything otherwise it all gets sucked down you know is that the one above your bed or is that oh no no because of mike's you know ibs yeah no to be honest we did have one installed just a normal sort of kitchen one which i do turn on at nights actually yeah so i think well i think it's very romantic i mean you've got the room to have your own you know to have separate bedrooms but i think you just wanted to keep it alive and then yeah. You you suddenly had had a brainwave. Mark can just get an extractor fan above the bed. Exactly. I was like, why not? Take just takes away the gases. You know, it just lifts them out. Yeah. So it doesn't help when he shits the bed, but you know that that's infrequent now due to the doc, doctor Rattajman's pills. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That he's is a fine worry. now. He's fine. Generally, he's fine. Um, you have to do. We do have to watch it, as in what takeaways we have. Um, sometimes he forgets. Yeah. And he'll have one too many um, uh, spring rolls, you know, and then it's, well, um, I don't get into bed with him. <laughs> Just oh. say that. Just let him have his soup. Yeah. Um, any, I mean, what, how do you feel about cranberry sauce? We never bother. Uh, I sort of get some, I put it out and it's up You'd, to, up to everyone it. if they want it, you know. You I feel like it it's tradition, you yeah. know. And um, it sits in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then it goes it goes a bit mouldy and you chuck it away next year. You get another one, didn't you? So, um, but yeah, what I do sometimes think it is very festive, though, and very sort of historical. And it sort of reminds me, actually, of um, Dilly Dally. I was thinking to myself, I wonder what she would have had for Christmas. We've got, we've got the next part this week of Willie Croft Woe. Um, but I imagine that would have been quite something, wouldn't it? It would have been a goose, a whole pig, um, probably some pine cones, you know, like um, like it, milk it jellies, might... all sorts of things and lots of like cranberry sauce, yeah. Well, it might have even been um, a goose in a turkey in a pig in a oh, ball, yeah, you know, like cockatrices or whatever. Is that what, yeah, that's what you call it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a, a, a peacock, sort of, yeah. Like a Russian doll, but of dinner <laughs> with meat and animals, yeah, yeah. This just sounds a bit like my mum's Christmas dinners. She what, she what does she like to do? She does a few. Um, well, layers. she does this, she glazes a lot of her food. Um, so she did, so she'll start off with like, you know, some chicken dippers. And then she will put them in a patch, which is normally like a butterfly chicken. Right, yeah, yeah. Sticks it in. Or like you know, a poussin or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And full of choice. And then she'll get something bigger like um, a massive uh, turkey crayon and she'll 
kind of cut the turkey crayon so it unfolds, unrolls into a great big sheet. And then she will um, sew it as such that it becomes like a shirt, like a man's short sleeve shirt of turkey. And then she stitches that down. And then she'll do a little a little tie made of chicken skin. And um, she'll kind of crisscross, yeah, crisscross some paisleys into it. And, um, yeah, she'll um, coat that in a creosote glaze. Oh, um, okay. (laughs) And um, burns that, you know, burns it, cooks it in the oven. And um, she'll she'll normally do some roast potatoes with that, Um, maybe some dormice, you know, like Romans do, you know, a bit of honey on them. It's a real feast and a tradition of ours. Endangered. Po- <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's why. Well, that's but why, she, yeah. um, she does popcorn soup as well, which is kind of a Christmas family <laughs> tradition. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which is, um, it's actually, it's a very old. Um, I think it goes back to like druids, but it's dog dog piss that that you boil, boil it off, sterilise it. Okay. So yeah. essentially it's just distilled water and then you pop your corn, chuck, chuck all the popcorn in there and then it melts down. You know, like in Italy, how they put bread in soups oh, to thicken it. it gets soggy. Well, yeah, well, it thickens the soup. It's delicious. You know, it's oh. quite salty because, um, you know, of what our dogs have been eating. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, it's lovely. I was going to say, like, what is that? Why? <laughs> She yeah. has to use dog piss or just because that's what's available. Well, I think it's the saltiest type. And a lot of our dogs, well, she's got specific dogs she breeds for this Christmas dish. And they're greyhounds, in fact. And they're yeah. only felt fed salt all year. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so essentially a lot of what's coming I out. I imagine it's quite the, concentrated then. Yeah, well, also it's their bodily juices. kind of. It's, it's essentially dissolving the dog from the inside out. And that's right. coming in... Coming into the urine, you know, like gravy, essentially the juices, you know. Reducing it down. Yeah, you know, reducing it down. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, greyhounds are skinny already, but these are like, you know, essentially um, twiglets, really. Twiglets that bark. (laughs) Things. Um, Very yellow eyes. Oh, well, on that note, should we have, a, have our next um, instalment of, of Dilly Dally and then we're going to have some um, fun facts, I think, can't we, later? There we go, Dilly. Lady Sovereign Dilly Dally, Willie Croft Woe, Chapter 2, The Boat Party. It was May Day and George had arranged a lavish boat party on Lake Willie Croft in honour of Vladimir's arrival. It was a blisteringly hot afternoon. Everyone was picnicking before the arrival of the steamer. Dilly was sat with her good friend Jennifer Marple Vulvara, who, by the way, was no relation to the evil witch Lady Maple Vulvara. 
They sat underneath delicate lace parasols and pecked at their crustless cucumber sandwiches like chickens eating corn and then sipped their delicate Earl Grey tea from fine china mugs. Dilly and Jennifer were talking about romance, kittens and sugared almonds when Vladimir strolled like a lion across the lawn. His rounded heaving thighs encased underneath his tight white breeches, his person a throbbing, undulating. Dilly and Jennifer were eyeing him. Jennifer leaned forward to Dilly and breathlessly uttered, Do you know if Sir Pulmioff takes a wife in Moscow? I do not know that, Jennifer, Dilly said. She realised that it was a question she desperately wanted to ask but couldn't. She knew he had wicked intentions and after many, many ordeals at the hands of Farsi, she planned to make the relationship during his visit purely platonic. But as she dropped slices of lemon and cucumber into her tea, she felt a familiar yearning. She knew that she was lying to herself and with a stomach-churning pang, she looked at her husband. She knew she was lying to dear George too. And ivory steamer chugged up to the jetty and with merriment the party goes boarded. The boat left the jetty and sailed across the picturesque lake. A quartet played and the company strolled along the decks chatting and joking. George and Dilly were sat with Jennifer and her fiancé Count Bunton. Vladimir impressed some debutantes with his balls. He was a fine juggler, Dilly noted. As the sun began to set, the captain rang the gong for dinner and George made a toast. In his toast, he toasted his wife. Dilly loved the toast. The toast made her feel guilty, however, as the toast was a toast for her. He was toasting her and Vladimir. How dreadfully symbolic, she thought, that toast. The guests were reclining, sitting on piles of ornate cushions from the Orient on the deck. They bathed in the enchanting candlelight, though the candlesticks were rather a menace as the boat rocked side to side, and Dilly saw one young lady having her hair put out with a cloche. Dilly could hear their voices, she could see their mouths move, but her mind was with Vladimir. She looked across the deck and spied him. He was languid on the cushions with his legs spread wide apart in a manly fashion, looking dark and sultry. Several women were fawning over him. Wrapped with jealousy, she got up to leave the scene. Excuse me, George, dear heart, I'm going to get some air. George looked concerned, but before she left, his attention was stolen by Lord Bothington Smythe, who was interested in his sheep. They pondered deeply while stroking their aquiline noses. Dilly wandered across the deck away from the crowd. She stood at the bow, like on Titanic, and suddenly hands were upon her waist. Oh, George, she mumbled. It's not George. Dilly spun round and locked eyes with Vladimir. His big round sparkling peepers twinkled. She twisted under his grasp, but his big brown meaty hands only grasped her tire. His hair was tousled and she could smell vodka on his breath. Unhand me, you brute, she hissed, lest George should hear. I can tell you I have been cracking under the pressure to resist you, my dear Dilly. I just want a kiss. 
Dilly pushed her porcelain hands against his chest, but it was no use. Under the glow of the bulbous steamer lanterns, he took her arms and held them away from her as he pressed his purple lips onto hers. He pulled her close to his person and his tongue emerged into her mouth. Dilly's nweebles began to buzz, forming little peanuts on her bodice. Vladimir's throbbing member was fighting with his breeches for release and he ground it against her. Suddenly, there was a loud blast of the steamer's horn and their passionate reverie was abruptly halted. The boat had begun its return to land. Dilly shook Vladimir away and fled amongst the crowd. He smirked as he watched her stumble down the deck, rubbing his breeches. Dilly was in shock. She followed George from the boat into their bedchamber. That night, he made love to her and she was literally in a thousand pieces. His red face was contorted over hers as he thrashed. She wordlessly lolloped about underneath him. Her mind was elsewhere. Although Vladimir was beastly, although he was a swine, although he was ruthless, she wished it was him in her bedchamber. We've all been there thinking about someone else. Here we have. Vladimir's meaty hands. God, you can just imagine that. Big, big, fat plate that hands. That really turned Ooh. me on, actually. I like a big hand on a man, actually. Well, your, yeah. your mics, your mics hands, I've always said that. They're very, they're nice and big. They're quite, like, calloused and a bit, like, red. But, yeah, they're nice and thick. <laughs> well, that's probably one of the reasons why he's so successful in stimulating your energy spot. Which is, yeah. I've, uh, you know, I remember you told me it's actually quite high. It's um, it's actually between your, by your breastbone, in fact. So yeah, he has to really root around to get gets to that. It. And it's the strength of those hands. The the, the size of his hands actually, um, I'd say you're looking at a bag of sugar. A big, the weight, big bag of sugar, or just yeah, yeah. no, both. Yeah. The shape, the, the size, size the bag and of the sugar. weight, yeah. yeah. The texture, bag of sugar. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's a lot of, like, flaky skin. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, I think we've got some fun facts for you guys about Christmas themed. Here is fun facts. <laughs> so, Carol, what's your fun fact? So my one's festive. Um, I I looked this up and I was actually well. I watched it. I watched something on TV actually that was talking about it. So it's about right. mistletoe, um, or as it's more well known, viscum album, which means dung on a twig in Anglo-Saxon. Oh really? Yeah, oh. and um, apparently it spreads through birds' droppings, and it actually grows up in the trees. It's not like it doesn't have roots. It just, you know, it's like it's floating in the air, which is why in ancient times they used to think it was sacred. And according to the ancient Roman Pliny the Elder, the Celts um, used to consider it as a remedy for barrenness in animals and as an antidote to poison, and especially sacred when it grows on an oak tree, which is rare. Uh, he described there was a, a Celtic ritual sacrifice and banquet at which a druid dressed in a white 
robe would climb an oak tree to collect the mistletoe using a golden sickle and they'd collect it on a white sheet so it would never touch the ground as they believed it was sacred because it grew in the air. Oh, that reminds me of Estrix. Get a fix. That's his name, the Druid. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. But it's making me... This is really making me think, actually, because um, you told me that Bechamel was um, having some problems because you obviously, like, you know, want to breed with her. Why don't you try this? Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, I could go down the woods and um, have a look for some mistletoes. Yeah. We, could do a, we could do a ritual, but what would we sacrifice? Um. Oh, maybe some of the maybe. wood pigeons. <laughs> oh, I, like to, I like to get rid of them. They're so bloody noisy, aren't they? Well, well, oh, yeah, it's very upsetting when you did that and when, when you was got, pushing it, when I you were burying Dean's it. I air pellet gun, didn't I? Yeah. When you were burying it and it, its lungs was like bagpipes making the cooing noise as you were pushing down on it with the spade. <laughs> it, yeah. It's like that, isn't it? Mm. It was horrible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, was, yeah, I saw a different side to you. That day, Carol. Yeah, I got a bone, several bones to pick with them bloody pigeons. But anyway, so what's your fun fact? Right, fun fact is um, male cats, well, obviously male cats, um, have barbed penises, and the barbs go backwards, and the, that's why they make a god awful racket. <laughs> When they're at it, oh, um, basically, yeah, yeah. it's it's designed so that it hooks in the cat's fanny, right? And um, the cat, obviously, the cat can't get away agony as as you, as you'd imagine it would be. Yeah, you know? it locks um, in. <laughs> yeah, it locks in, and that apparently that locking is what triggers the female cat to release the egg for ovulation. Right. So and they just um, keep what keep on jizzing for a while then yeah i think they do yeah mm. I, I think they I do i know cats they can have multiple fathers for a litter as well can't they so. oh yeah it's very interesting that's what my mum tried to say about me um me and my my siblings oh, as well so right she had you in a litter did she <laughs> yes yeah she did actually because um we're all we're all we're all quite different people and um yeah my mum says that um the night i was conceived it was a night when there was lots of um lots of men in um lots of owls at the same time. So um pot, pot luck. So you just yeah, <laughs> you don't know you don't know who your dad is, but you go and all, visit them all, didn't you? Yeah, I do. All I know is I was the product of a doipoy, you know. Let's hope it wasn't the back end. Um yeah, so um so what we got next, we got a bit of voice box action, I think. Voice box. Right, who's called in this week? I think the voice box is quite full because it's okay. Christmas. Yeah, more so, people um, wanting a bit more advice for Christmas. Okay, here is um first one. Um, oh, hello. Uh, I don't know if I've got the right number. Um, I'm hoping this is Barry. Um, Barry is uh, bouncy balls. Um, I'm quite a lonely woman. I, I'd quite like to have sex. Um, it's been a long time for me. And uh, I think I deserve a, a nice Christmas treat. And uh, if you could bring me a, a pint of milk as well. Bye. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Well, that's that's what you call a wrong number. But but I think she got the wrong number, yeah. But who's Barry? Um, all I'll say is I look up to an older woman who's got enough self-respect to to get herself seen to. Yeah, knows what she's worth for Christmas. Blimey. Yeah, clear out the old cobwebs. (laughs) What with milk? Well, no. Do you think that was just with Barry's bouncy balls? I think. Oh, I need to meet this Barry. I don't. I don't know who she's talking about. I'm not no. familiar with him, but yeah. Well, but so if you're what, listening, you know, I don't know if you got that was a wrong number. Um, call back. Let us know. <laughs> let us know, and and if it's if Barry, if you can hear this, let let us know. I mean, do you penetrate women with your testicles, or you know what I mean, or is it just or a catch? Just name? a bit of play, maybe. If you know, at her age, perhaps she's not ready for a bit of no. penetration. So, or maybe she can't. Or yeah. she likes a tea bag. You never know. Yeah, perhaps. We all do. Um, right, who's next? Um, this is Duncan. Hello, my name's Duncan. Ooh. Just Duncan to you. Mm. What are you two ladies both doing for Christmas? Uh, pr- probably, you've probably said already, but I'm too lazy. Mm. No, I wouldn't know what you're doing and imagine it. Bye. Oh, uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not pro- really sure. I'm happy to answer him. I think he sounded quite malevolent. I don't. Well, I don't think. I don't think I want Duncan knowing where I am and what I'm doing. It's probably better that he doesn't. Lazy Duncan. Lazy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, never you mind. Is all I can say to Duncan. Never you mind. I mean. I hope there's. I hope he's not alone at Christmas because that sounds like a man that that's on the turn. Yeah, exactly. He could he could lash out, shall we say? Who's next? This is Christopher. Hi, it's Christopher Maynard again. Um, <laughs> thanks so much, Karen and Cheryl, for your advice. I have been talking to Ashley. Um, we really like the idea of the app. We think that'd be so popular, um, the Kinder instead of the Tinder. Um, but I just wanted to say, what would you? What's your favourite Christmas sweeties? And like. Ooh. How would you use them, you know, like in a sexual way? Oh, yeah, a good question. Well, hello, Christopher. I'm hello. glad we could help. Yes, him yeah, and Ashley become an item, it sounds like. Um, I would have to say a Terry's chocolate orange any day. Um, you can have quite a lot of fun cracking that open with different parts of yourself. Do you? You could sit on it. Does it? Does it go in whole? You could put it up At there. At any point? Yeah, whole. and crush it. If you've got a strong enough um, pelvic, pelvic floor, yeah. <laughs> you can crush it open. Because sometimes it's quite hard to get it open neatly, and, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, but... sometimes I don't want to bash it on the table. It's a bit Yeah, bits break off and go everywhere, don't they? So. Do you think Dawn French used to do that, like squeeze it with her fanny? Probably, yeah. You've got to have quite a lot of room in there, <laughs> which obviously yeah. I'm quite experienced, so... <laughs> I can. Um, what about you? Uh, me? Uh, probably um, a toffee V. Oh. Um, there's so much fun in toffee V. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. out at Christmas. Well, you can basically um, melt them together so that they form a long train of toffee Vs, um, much so what 
Steve does, actually. Um, he's got a particular thing where he carves the side of a toffee in different size notches so that the air traps in them. And as they're going in and out of me forced, the the differential between the, the notches actually does tunes. You know, because oh. the different size of air. So yeah. they're squelching in and out. You know, he puts a bit of um, puts a bit of silic bang on to lube it up, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of going... <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he does it like Christmas carols and it's all about the, the movement of his hand and stuff like that. And so that's fun. And then afterwards, of course, you can uh, munch on them. But yeah, it's predominantly like a musical it's thing, like and a, it's to do a toffee flute, isn't it? <laughs> Perhaps yes, or an ocarina, a tocarina. Um, tocarina, I, yeah. I think it's probably to do with my lack of labia. So there's no kind of muffling of the that's air. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I can see yes. how that would work. Yeah. You know, and and it obviously depends. If I clench, it comes more out more like a, a drone, like a didgeridoo kind of thing. But if I just let let it free, maybe if I have a joint, mm. um, it's more of a like a, a tuned slop. Like if you were to auto tune stirring pasta like, <laughs> or something like that, you know. Um, so that's why I like a toffee thing. But I mean, come on. I love a mince pie. Oh, oh, them late labour cutchins. Oh, they're lovely, them. Oh, yeah, probably don't. Do you like them? Yeah, yeah, I like them to eat, but I'm not sure how they figure in a, a sexual situation. You've oh, got to have something s- a bit more uh, robust. Yeah, they're not you? solid enough. And a, a yeah. mince pie. That could um, be very nice. You, you know, maybe if you burnt one, like burnt them. Oh, you know, or like in the overcooked, oven, so yeah. it's all hard, yeah. Yeah, well, you know me, like with my oven chips that I that I often leave when I'm pissed, and they turn oh, into yeah, little like little black charcoal, pellets. basically. Yeah. But you still eat them, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Right. Mm. So here is the last one, um, Connor. Hi, it's Connor calling from Leona's Peach Palace, actually. Mm. And you are well out of order, Carol. Mm. You so out of order. Mm. I can't believe it, Leona's so upset. You came in, you came in, you was a complete nightmare. You were mm. a total Karen, so demanding. You don't even listen to us. and We know what we're doing. Such, we never had anyone so rude, so rude. Shut up. Like, I can't believe it. So insulting. Just get over yourself. You're a nightmare. <gasps> In fact, actually, it's fucking out of order, Karen. <gasps> well. Yeah, Hi, it's Connor calling from... Sorry, I, I had to play that because Sasha, what a rude little cunt. What well, a rude little bugger. I don't... I, I have to say, uh, there was no problem when I was down there. He called you a Karen. Oh, it's everyone's a Karen, a Karen now, Karen? isn't what they? What do you mean? What's that? Oh, it's, it's them middle-aged, middle-aged women that are all self-assured that go, can I speak to the manager and all that kind oh. of thing. Mm. Oh, okay. he's, he's, he's a poisonous... He's, he's Sandra Dedescu's kid. Poisonous little queen. Always has been. Mm. Stealing, not, yeah, stealing nails. Not quite he used sure to steal nails. what put his nose out of joint. It was probably because I commented on his hairstyle. I think I said, "Oh, you look. Oh, you remind me of Daniel O'Donnell with your hair like that." He probably didn't like that, did he? No, one bit? I mean I didn't mean it as an insult, but Man, <laughs> I guess what he you took say, it that what? way. But you and Leona, to be fair, you've never quite seen eye to eye even before you went into the into it's the Peach Palace. It's always a bit tense because I've had yeah. a few mishaps. You know, they do get it wrong sometimes. But I'm quite loyal. I still go back. 
you know I want to give them a chance to put it right that's why generally I haven't paid for about a year because I keep going back and say you know yeah wasn't really happy with the way you did that I think you need to do it again um, I think the swearing was unnecessary from Connor oh yeah I, I mean, mean that's dropping to a new low isn't it really it's going down to that sort of base level by swearing you know, it's fucking ridiculous he used to steal nails um, literally rip nails out of the nursery nurses like rip, rip them out and then he'd stick them on his hands I saw Buffalo Bill actually mm, Buffalo Bill it, doing your hair yeah something a bit wrong with him there he's quite acidic he's very acidic actually much like your vagina Carol <laughs> yeah um I mean, we're allowed to talk about the whole nail ripping out thing. I had to sign a thing, but the statue of limitations apparently has expired. I've yeah. been looking for it, but I haven't found it anywhere. So I don't know where this statue is. Yeah, the statue of limitations. Yeah. And well, lastly, I think before we go, what is your Christmas wish and your newly new, new well, we'll do New Year's, I think, when it's the new year because we've got our, our New Year's um, revolutions, That's true. didn't we? Yeah, what's your Christmas? What's your Christmas wish? What do you want for Christmas? What's on your list? Well, I just want to enjoy myself and be able to settle down on the sofa and watch. Watch Tremors, Flubber, obviously, get those out of the way first and then just run the gamut of all the Christmas films, you know, Christmas with the Cranks, National Lampoon, um, probably watch the Christmas Chronicles again. There's the second one of them. Home Alone. Home Alones, yeah, Die Hard, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, with a vengeance. Um, yep, and um, what about you? I want um, a electric typewriter in a pedalo, actually. Oh, so we're talking presents, yeah, yes, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, material A pedalo. Oh, a okay. pedalo. Well, I think that I've just got this dream of you and me, Carol, actually pedalo, pedalling out into the sunset in the channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, after, after, you know, killing killing a few people. Because oh, um, I think the pedalo is just the perfect crime. It's the perfect getaway. Is you it? know, Lee. Oh. Leaves no trace. You're under your own steam. That's true. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about getting, like, petrol. No, no, not at all. Your legs are petrol. Mm. Um, and I was thinking about having a little kitchenette put in the pedalo and maybe a little platform to sleep on and, you know, little by little turn it into a little kind of, you know, home from home, a little kind of, you know, ass in the country kind of thing you know a little beach ass my little pedlo and um got a drink you know i could i could do it round. go you know take it down the thames you know past the isle of dogs and set up and um eventually turn it into an airbnb and um mm. get some horses on there you know you know have a little have a little racetrack you on might it might be um, a little bit small for that <laughs> Well, you know, as you told me, Carol, dream big and never say never. That's true, that's true. I thought you might mention the cabinet. <laughs> well, I, I I know we've been talking about it, but I've been very disappointed in the past. Um, so I've um you know, I don't want to mention it in case it doesn't happen, Lower but your let's just say well, I've cleared a space. I've cleared right, a space well, and I've been getting yeah. all my smeg out. Let's just say the smeg bean cabinet might be on Santa's sleigh. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm oh, just... I hope, I hope Santa's got some smeg for me. 
I think he will have a few extras in there as well. But put your smeg down my chimney tonight, Santa please. (laughs) Santa baby. Um, Santa baby, put a little bit of your smeg tonight. Smeg down the chimney tonight. Indeed, and I think all I'm hoping for actually present-wise is from the kids it will just be some like bath salts or something, like like drugs. They think I want to try that, I don't know why. Don't it's know Dean, why. he's got access, he put, he'll put put a bit of um, frankincense in it, make it more Christmassy. What? Um, <laughs> That's quite a lot. Where does he get frankincense? Oh, well, he gets it down like the local like crystal shop, you know. Um, and then you, I'm... Just for those at home, I think, you know, do, do elaborate kind of just I'm I have a daughter, Sweets. Um, I, I haven't seen her since she was about six or seven when she was um, put into care, but I'm sure she's fine. Um, tell 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 the, um, you know, listeners about you. You've got two boys, isn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's Dean and Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dean's a bit of a lad, you know. Uh, he's got heart of gold. Um, I don't mind him, you know, sort of like experimenting. Um, and he does quite a good trade in it, you know. I think it's all right. Just going through a phase. Um, we'll probably get him involved in suck and blow at some point. Unfortunately, he's doing too much sucking and blowing on the old um, drugs. But yeah, um, but he's, yeah. He's, he's definitely good at sucking and Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, if he's from the the Trimmer family, but yeah, so he's made us some bath salts. Um, and it's um, he calls them Three Kings. So you know, you get okay. sort of frankincense, um, mer- gold and myrrh. Is it? I think you're the three things. Yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, but apart from that, um. Gary's probably just gonna like get me a tin of roses, I reckon. He's all, and let's be honest, it'll be me having to get it on his behalf. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, is there, Gary? Is he? No, um, no, no, no. Him. I mean, I know Mike is, you know, questions his uh, his patronage, his lineage. You know, Mike, Mike thinks it isn't his, and um, you know, obviously, we he probably isn't, but that doesn't mean he's not a father. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, you know, well, it's... you know, I'm pretty sure about that. But, um, yeah, but yeah, well. I know you've often taken his side. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Mike, bless him, um, I think he's got me some new attachments and updates to the uh, Cyclodone software and oh, system. Oh, really? Yeah. Has it got so... the salad spinner? Yeah, exactly. Well, you can sort of hook something up to a salad spinner, I think. And uh, <laughs> has it got a what about what about oh maybe that's the um honey <coughs> maybe um it's the Honeyford harness which I've heard good things about yeah that's it I think well we I saw him putting some heavy duty hooks up on the ceiling in the back room so what does what does the Honeyford harness do um for for you know for all those people that that may not be familiar with the Honeyford harness. Well, it's, is it a bit like um, a Torville tickler, or it's like an adult version of one of those baby bouncers that you sort of hang off the door frame, you know, so they can sort of oh, like yeah. wobble up and down. And um, yeah, it's it's like something that um, Gloria Hannaford um, 
originally endorsed as a sort of way like to chiroprac like for you know bad backs and that kind of thing that's or... right yeah she to straighten your back and strengthen your legs because she's getting on a bench <laughs> so and then it was like repurposed like those hitachi yeah, massage it sell, ones it didn't yeah, sell very well it. on jml and no. all that so um so cyclodone got him got in touch um at my recommendation i have to say because i saw that and i thought well that could double up um, because it's quite good for being able to sort of adjust and get a good swing and a bit of a bounce, you know. And what's the one that's like um, a space hopper with um, a very large um, dildo attached to the top and you essentially lower yourself down on that, hold on to the beetle bar and then just bounce it in, in and out of yourself? Yeah, Um <laughs> That one's the... Um, a beetle ball, I believe, actually. Answer me own question there. It's a yeah, beetle ball. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's got the knobbly horns. Yes, <coughs> shaped like Jeremy Beadle's left hand, actually, which... Well, um, I think it was him that, that uh, they got the inspiration from because yes. if um, it's got sort of a range of sort of bobbles that go big to small, so if you've got like quite a small hand... yes. Then you can get a good grasp on it still. Um, yeah, and you've got interchangeable um, dildos. So you can like have quite a lot of fun with that. You go like bouncing around the house. That's not cyclodone though, because it's not electronic. So that's a bit more of a of an old school toy. Yeah, that's um, yes, yes, that's right. That's made um very much an old school sexual toy. Um I believe that one's um cop uh, copulingus. Um, who made that by a te technotronic copulingus. That's right, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's got like a vibration unit inside that's battery powered. So there is some electric. Double A's. But yes, it's yeah. a bit more isolated. So, um, but yeah, with the, the Hannaford harness, um, that's all rigged up. It's got lots of electrodes on it. Oh, yes. So, yeah, well, that's the, and I imagine you can also attach your dildo inside the seat area of the Honeyford harness and then obviously jig yourself up and down that's from the door it, frame yeah, if you so wish. All of that, all of those yes. attachments. Well, my, most of my, you know, kind of um, pleasure accoutrements are homemade heirlooms, family heirlooms, actually, um, from my mum, past Dan. So mm. they've got a lot of sentimental value. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah I when suppose me, I can yeah, see that. When, when me, you know, me and Steve are using the Clarence Cracker, for example, I can think, you know, this has been used throughout. It's got sentimental value to me and I can pass them on, well, well to, to your boys, yeah, perhaps, oh, you know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think it's best to keep it in the family. Yeah. Well, that's always my motto. Um, yeah. But yeah, but they're, but they're sort of, um, I mean, there's quite a lineage. We should do um, an item about this actually sometime. Um, the history of, of sex toys, because it goes back a long way, doesn't it? Oh, it goes back a long way. Literally the, the cavemen. Cave, the cavemen were at it. They used to fashion well, of course they dildos were. They grab, out of anything. They grab a branch. Yeah, yeah. grab a branch <laughs> and thrust. You know, and they found mummies with like all sorts stuck up their bum. They don't talk about it, do they? But I watched a uh, watched a program on Amazon. Yeah, about she it. oh she was buried with some phallic shaped flints, was she? And it just happens to be in her pelvis. Oh, do me a favour. Yeah. Get real. Right. Well, we hope you have a lovely Christmas and yeah. uh, we'll be back online for New Year's. Yes. Um, Merry Christmas. Yes. So um, we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
content including music videos youtube.com forward slash carol and cheryl one fan page on facebook is facebook.com forward slash carol and cheryl we're also on soundcloud with our tunes soundcloud.com forward slash carol and cheryl please email us right in we're always listening emailing with your problems if you want us to play a track whatever you want it's carolyncheryl at gmail.com all of the ands in carolyncheryl are a-n-d sexy girls feeling right <laughs> 